Playoff time is when things start getting serious on the court. Players are more driven than ever to win these big games and keep advancing. Goodyear knows all about being more driven, too. Working hard to help you advance on and off the road. Let Goodyear.com help you choose what's best. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. It's, what day is it, Dave? Thursday. It's Thursday. God. Is it Thursday? You didn't put up your throwback Thursday today, Brian? No, I don't do that. Um, that's Dave McMenamin. We have some some sad news, and that sad news is that Tim McMahon, Band McMahon, has been banned from this show. <laughs> and he will not be on this week. We are we are all live in Los Angeles. The irony is McMahon is here in Los he Angeles. Yes, I spent some time with him last night. We just banned him because Andrew Hahn, the producer, said he's banned for this week, and he, that's between him and Andrew. I can't speak to it. <laughs> We're live here all together in Los Angeles, and uh, Ramona Shelburne and Olm young Wasuk are going to be joining us, but they're late. They are. And you're early, which is unusual. <laughs> really true. Um, so we're going to talk about the Lakers today. And the reason we're going to talk about the Lakers is because after we get done with this, we're not going to talk about the Lakers for a long time. Until. Yeah, right. Yeah. Until they fire their coach and mm-hmm. everything happens. But we'll just say that we're not going to talk about, it, about the Lakers. Dave covers the Lakers for us. Um, I was talking to you yesterday. Uh, you've covered some marathon seasons. You covered Lakers championship seasons, the last four Cavs seasons, which I have said, actually, I credit your last four Cavs seasons, I credit you with six seasons of service time. <laughs> I might even go seven yeah, because of what those years were like. There's so much packed into it. So you have experienced a lot. This Lakers season has been dramatic, Incomprehensible. And you wrote a big piece last week that sort of went blow by blow. And even though I follow this every day for my job, I was like, oh, man, I forgot about that. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, that's right. That happened. Um, this is just – it's been a it's been a disaster, man. It has. And there are disaster seasons that happen every every year, but it doesn't have the spotlight on it the right. way like – You're right. The, that's a the good Washington point. Wizards are having a disaster season. Correct. You know, their GM got fired. Their star player – had a major injury. What about Dwight Howard? We haven't even brought that one up. <laughs> right, and Dwight Howard. So, um, but it doesn't have the environment. And, and you know, this is, uh, I compare in, in my career, I had three super dramatic seasons 14, 15 Cavs, but they rallied to make the NBA Finals. The 20- that was the year of, um, they started off 19 and 20. Right. D- uh, LeBron Blatt. takes a two week sabbatical in the middle right. of the season. David Blatt, um, Almost calls it timeout he doesn't have. <laughs> they they trade half the roster. Right. Um, the 2012-2013 Lakers, which was, you know, uh, Dr. Buss going into it was, was deathly ill. Right. And they, Mitch Kupchak and company tried to do whatever they could to feel a contender. So Dwight Howard and Steve Nash come. That's right. And, and that was a disaster. Considered like a, a major contender for the, the, he's a super team defending champion yeah. heat. Mike Brown's fi- fired five games into the season, right. et cetera, et cetera. This year, though, it, it, it perhaps takes the take the, the cake because that fourteen fifteen Cavs team rallied to make the finals. That Lakers right. team rallied to at least make the playoffs, and then of course uh, Kobe had, well, suffered Nash his was injury. hurt the whole year. Yeah, and Dwight uh, was hurt yeah, most of the year. Most of the year, um, and then Kobe suffers the Achilles. But this oh, right. Lakers team, based on those experiences that I had, I just expect and just belief in LeBron that they'll find that that groove, yeah. and then they get into the postseason, and then all bets are off. 
and they didn't find the groove. <laughs> Playoff mode was activated and then quickly deactivated on a road trip through New Orleans with Anthony Davis not oh playing. My God. And in Memphis, Memphis, and we include this in the story that, you know, they had a players only meeting and LeBron James was called out by his teammates. Um, he needed to bring more to the table in terms of leadership. And to his credit, I mean, once he was directly called out, he tried to course correct that, but it was too late. Right. We have Ohm joining us. Ohm, we already started. Sorry. No problem. Oh, um, he's got the Michigan State gear on. No, I have to represent. Um, yeah, you know, in L.A., traffic is tough. Well, what can I say? Dave and I went to a Dodger game last night <laughs> home. We went from downtown to Dodger Stadium. That's not your first time at Dodger Stadium, right? It was. It was. Oh, it's amazing, right? It was enjoyable. Beautiful. And Dave, how long did it take us to get down? About 50 minutes yeah. from it, downtown. And it's like, what, two and a half miles, to, yeah, maybe? Yeah. I think um, I just actually did something that nobody here would do. I actually was here at Staples probably about maybe like an hour and a half ago. Went home, came back. Because oh, he had to get his I mission didn't you did I had to go shower and <laughs> okay. we didn't need you to shower. Well. Um, so we're talking about the Lakers and, um, you covered the Lakers a lot this year. Uh, so I kind of take a simplistic view of this. I'm going to take the Anthony Davis situation and I'm going to isolate it to the side because I don't know, and please disagree if you think I'm wrong. I don't know if the Anthony Davis situation really costs the Lakers the playoffs. I think what cost the Lakers the playoffs was a roster that was not well-designed. It was experimental, and it failed, combined with injuries. If they had stayed healthy, maybe they figure out a way to make the roster work. But the combination of those two things collapses on itself. And that's why their whatever their record was when they decided to wave the white flag. They were like, what? They were about 500 when they waved the white flag, mm-hmm. and now they've gone way under because they're, they're losing on purpose, essentially, or not fielding a, a, t- a team that has w- a chance to win. The Anthony Davis thing is just what caused problems in the locker room and caused some drama within the organization. Again, you, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that the Anthony Davis thing had a, had a major effect on the overall record. Maybe for that week... When they had a 42-point loss, maybe the guys got depressed. But if you if you think I'm wrong, please say so. so I, this is my this is my thinking, Dave and, and Brian. I think that you're right about the roster construction. We all kind of saw it, especially a lot of people in the NBA were scratching their heads the minute this happened at Summer League. Everybody's just like, what are the Lakers thinking? But then – and then there were injuries for sure. But at one point, the roster was starting to look like perhaps maybe they could do something, especially on Christmas Day – and Golden State. Now, yes, there were injuries to LeBron and Rondo on that same day that kind of torpedoed the season a little bit. But I feel like the locker room and the Anthony Davis stuff was almost like the poison pill that just basically crushed this team. It was just like the thing that added everything on top. Perhaps they might have been able to overcome the roster if they'd gotten healthier um, and and maybe they would have had some hope. I just feel like the locker room issue was what really just kind of doom this team it really just kind of like basically was the thing that poisoned them for the I, rest of the year i mean I, I don't discount what you're saying that was a factor i'm more on brian's side here because if it's like say it's a scientific test and you just do isolated variables to see how the host this responds oh, look, look at this look <laughs> at this Dave. well if you just do biology a failed trade attempt this is a scientific method that the, 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 the body would still live and if you just do a roster that was poorly constructed 
the body would still. I think the injuries was the death knell for this team. Right. You know, typically, when you have a disaster, whether it's something in real life, like you know, an airplane going down, or you have, uh, you know, a team like this fail, it's the result of multiple things going wrong, and so that's what. And Ramona Shelburne is joining us. What up, boys? Hey, hey. Um, Ramona, I want, it was one of the things we were just talking about. I believe, and Dave and Ohm, Dave's kind of on my side, Ohm kind of disagrees. I believe the reason the Lakers are out of the playoffs is because they had a poorly constructed roster that also had injuries. And that's what happened. And that the Anthony Davis stuff made things worse and made things more dramatic, but I don't think it had a major effect on the bottom line of this team. Do you agree or disagree? That's what you think? That's what Ohm thinks? No, that's what no. Dave thinks. You and Dave think that? Yeah. Ohm thinks? I think the Anthony Davis thing was what sent the plane down. If you find the black box in the bottom of the ocean, <laughs> you hear the pilot calling for Mayday. I think the last thing that sent the plane down was the Anthony Davis rumors and the fracturing of the lock. So we talk a lot of times about confirmation bias, right? So whatever you believe to be true, you look for evidence that supports what you already believe and you disregard evidence that doesn't agree with it, right? Um and I think on the Anthony Davis trade discussions, if you were in the camp that believed as you did, that it was a poorly constructed roster that was probably never going to work, and it, its only chance of working would have happened if they all could have stayed together and played together, um, then the Anthony Davis thing is just an outlier. It's sort of like you're in the Magic Johnson camp of, uh, you know, grow up, stop being a baby. Right. If 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 LeBron was out there, if Lonzo was there, Rondo was there, they would have just played through it and been okay. Uh-huh. Um, if you believe that they would have, if they didn't get that, that the whole thing was flawed and that Anthony Davis and everything that happened with the front office just exacerbated exa- existing tensions between players on the team and management and players on the team and LeBron, then that was the black box. I kind of think I'm more on the Ohm side. <laughs> this is good. This okay. is a good discussion. And in the room, it's funny. I, well, we are literally the on the opposite side of the table. That's we right. have Ohm and Ramon on one side. Let me just say this, okay? Even with all the injuries, right? But when they came back from All-Star break, they had Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, LeBron, and so these other players, which I felt that group should have been better and good enough to beat these teams that they lost to. So I That's just enough think that culture matters. To win those games. Okay? I think culture matters, and I think it especially matters when you have a team that has no history. If you would have had, and Dave, you made this point to me a little while ago, and I think this was the right one. Um, if you would have had a few players who could have bridged the gap between LeBron and his teammates, the James Joneses of the world, the Damon Jones, Richard right? Jefferson. Richard Mike Jefferson, Miller, Mike Miller. Yeah. Channing Fries, like if you would have had those like glue guy veterans who have previous experience playing with LeBron and can explain things to the younger players and be a bridge, that would have mattered a whole heck of a lot. Doesn't that go to roster construction? Yeah, that's roster construction. I mean, that, sure. that's what Tyson but was supposed to do. That's yeah, and, and I think Tyson and I think Rondo did, but Tyson's body broke down. Broke down. Yep. There it is. That's a nice way of saying yeah. it. Tyson tried so hard to get back. Tyson for like two months there was awesome and then just didn't have any more left and was just trying to get to the playoffs with to give whatever he had left in his body and they couldn't even make it to the playoffs I think Rondo was trying to be that guy the whole time I know they had multiple team meetings they were always talking to the younger players trying to distill it but it's just harder when you're not out on the court and you're not and also neither of those guys had we've played with LeBron experience and Mm -hmm. we've been in LA experience and we know how this goes like 
you know, they did what they could, but at least in my view of the team, like the only young player who really handled the trade rumors well was Kuzma. And it's because he's older, he's more experienced, he's being mentored by Kobe Bryant pretty explicitly. Um, I talked to Kobe the other day at his little Mamba Academy thing. It's, uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever been out there. Have you been to the mm-hmm. Mamba Academy? That's a little far for me. <laughs> for me, it's like right yeah. in my hood. Is that, you know? the, is that where the muse cage is? Yeah, I feel like I went into the muse cage, you guys. Okay. Like, there's like signs that has like the Mamba insignia on the door. Yeah. And I'm like, like what, am I going to walk in? And there's like little Mambas running around. Like, it's kind of fun. But it's like a real place. It's like this academy. Um, anyway, so he has an event out there. And we were talking and I, I asked him about the comment. Remember the Spanish language radio interview that Kobe did where he mm-hmm. said, yes. um, come on, it's Anthony Davis. How can you get upset? Uh-huh. You know, he actually just told Kuzma that. Like, it's not like he just went and said that That's in some Spanish language. Right. Magic said too. Yeah. Which is, like, you know, grow up and act like, act like, grow up and act like it. People and, are going to get traded every day yeah. in this league, basically. It was also and it, it's nothing against you and whether they believe in you or not. It's just like, that's Anthony Davis. He's really good. And I think Kuz is probably the only one who could handle that and deal with it. Yeah, but, I, I think it affected the other guys a lot more. And then, okay, so that's their relationship and how they process things. But it's their relationship with the people who have to manage that now. So you have undercut Luke Walton and undermined him all year. Um, the messaging is pretty obvious that he doesn't have the juice. So whatever he wants to tell the team and how to handle it and how to get through it, like he might be gone too. Like, I think that's some of what he's told the teams. Like we all have to get through this. I could be gone. You could be gone. We go. Our, our time here is what it is. And I think if he doesn't have the juice and he's the one trying to get them through it, and they know he doesn't really have the organizational juice right now, then it's incumbent upon the front office to talk to the players and to manage that. And it's incumbent upon LeBron to go to those younger players well, and to manage did, that. did, but it was after. After, too like, late. I just go back to like David Griffin. I remember David Griffin, and Dave, you remember this, because I'm sure you quoted him with this. David Griffin used to say, whenever um, anybody asked him about it, about trades, he would say, nobody on this team is untouchable. LeBron had a no-trade clause at the yeah. time. He doesn't now, but he mm-hmm. had one then, so that was sort of non-starter. Mm-hmm. He'd always say it. He, he said it sort of matter-of-factly. It wasn't like ominous. He said, this is just the way we operate. Yeah. Nobody's untouchable. Everybody could possibly be traded. It was the same thing he would say in July as he would say in, sep- in September as he would say in December. Well, and that's a, that's a message that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, Jeannie has expressed anger at the media, and she yeah. feels like the media drove a wedge yeah. in, and... Um, and yeah. we, 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 I'm going to put that aside, but my, my point is, is that she believes that, that the whole team wasn't offered for, uh, or at least maybe I don't know what she believes. I, I guess I, can't I think that what is she what she believes. Yeah. Well, yeah. so we don't know whether she believes that it's the semantics of the whole team right. wasn't offered right. or if she doesn't believe that a super robust package was offered. Okay. Here's what I say. If Magic and Rob didn't offer the whole team. What are they doing? Then they, we're derelict. Right. But, but this is what every GM says. Nobody on the team is untouchable that usually they say that. But we've never, can you remember the last time you've seen in reports that basically everybody on the roster except for LeBron James was available? All right, so I'll give you an example. I heard and at one trade. point that Rob Palenka did try to talk to a couple of the players whose names were coming up in those trade conversations. And it was during, not after. And tried to, tried to say like, don't believe everything you read or, you know, just downplayed it and, you know, keep doing what you're doing. We're still really high on you, et cetera. I don't know exactly what he said. I just, this was the characterization of what that conversation was that, and it didn't land well. Like it didn't right. land with that player in any kind of meaningful way. Like they didn't take that and feel 
like, okay, yeah, I'm not going to listen to the fake news media. Well, because also, has he been checking in with these players? And I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm just saying, do we know if he's been checking in with these players throughout the entire season? Because yeah. so, all of a sudden, this guy shows up with a message yeah. to whisper in your ear. You're like, well, where he, have you been? He you does know? look like the type that does kind of chit-chats with his players yeah, I, I, uh, from I time see to him, time. I see him talking. But I, I would I, say, despite all of this, it still doesn't change the fact they don't have a guy who can hit a three. Yeah, I, that's, that's true. And like that's like that's the thing. And so, yeah. I honestly think that the 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 Anthony Davis situation is incredibly intriguing. Yeah, because it's a high stress situation for an entire organization, and obviously it was put on by someone with very close ties to LeBron, and so that complicates matters dramatically. I still don't think that that was why they couldn't. Okay, but let's back up. You say it was put on by somebody with close ties to LeBron. That's LeBron's agent, right? Rich Paul? And Anthony Davis. And, and Anthony, Anthony Davis had to decide that All he right. wanted to get traded too. All right, but we're, we're missing something. Anthony Davis says to David McMenamin, what do you say? What's was the quote again? LeBron. Uh, I'm sorry. So LeBron says about Anthony Davis? It'd be incredible. It'd yeah. Like, that now would look, be amazing. He's not... He's not dumb. He knew exactly what that yes. quote would do. That was gasoline, okay? Uh, trust and, me, when Dave told me about it, my eyes exploded up and like I... <laughs> yeah, LeBron's not yeah. dumb. Like he, you know, later on he sort of covered it a little bit by saying like, hey, I would like to play with, n- name a few name other great players, right? Great player. Yeah, it's a nice cover, but he knew exactly what he was doing. He had to. Come on, he's yeah. too smart. And, and, again, and I say I that with say all due respect. He's really smart. W- now, Wouldn't you want to play with him if you... I mean, yeah, like, of course. He's Anthony Davis. The same thing Kobe said. But... A couple of days later, Chris Haynes has a story on Yahoo about Anthony Davis and LeBron going to dinner. I mean, if you don't want to that to be an agenda that you're furthering and you don't want that to stick to you, then one, you you don't go to dinner with him. And two, you definitely don't let it come out. But I would say that if you go back and look at the last few years, half of LeBron's teams have been traded midseason. Sure. And, like, that's the thing. There was yeah. one major deal every year with or right. sometimes two. and in the in the first yeah. year he, they, they turned over like half the roster mm-hmm. and last year they turned over half yeah they the really roster. did right. that's a good point like this is how lebron right. rolls right you're either there's the channing fry deal second year and there's the kyle corver deals third year right and even the, the one year they traded anderson verja who he had played right. more with than almost anybody in his mm-hmm. career at the end of the day you're either helping lebron win a championship yeah. By playing with him, or you are fodder to be traded. This is just the way he operates. This is different, though, right? Because he has a core that he came to join that was built to be. This will be the core that will help you win a championship, never, not like these the role players. Theoretically, I don't think these are supposed to be core guys like Kuzma, Lonzo, and Ingram that he's supposed to help develop up to win a championship, not role players. Well, I think they were assets. Yeah, they could be assets yeah. that would be yes. alongside him, yes, or assets that could go. But elsewhere. he's dealing with younger guys that he's never had to deal with before. Those other guys are all veterans; like they've been a part of the business that they could deal with. Where I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses for the young guys. I'm yeah. just saying that they're not like the Kyle Corvers and Channing Fries and Anderson Verishaws who've been around for a long time and have been through multiple trade deadlines. I do think there is some fallout here that it doesn't involve what's going on in the court. And that is if you're a star player, or even if you're a mid-level player, if you're going to be recruited by the Lakers this summer, one of the things you're going to ask yourself is, if we get to December 15th, when the contract I'm about to sign with the Lakers is now tradable, am I going to be fodder for whoever LeBron wants to be wants to trade? For? That's part of the territory, isn't it? Uh, yes, and I think that is that is that is a hurdle that the Lakers must overcome. So, Brian, one season. of the one of the things that I have found the most striking about this whole turn in LA is I'm getting the same kind of question of like, 
did nobody want to play with LeBron the same way that everyone would ask that about Kobe. And I cannot even believe that question is asked because historically LeBron is a player that people want to play with. He gets those play he's had people have career years next to LeBron. Mo Williams was an all-star. You know, Mario Chalmers. I mean, don't ask Mario that. I'm sure he would give you a Mario's, different story. Mario thought he was going to be the MVP. Right? Um, <laughs> but LeBron's game is that he makes the players around him better. He is a facilitator. He elevates people. I mean, I love that Lee Jenkins story from a while ago about him at the park and he, his job is to get the... Do you remember which one I'm talking about? It was a, It's not ringing about. Yeah, okay. When he went to Cleveland, yeah. it was about elevating okay. Kevin Love. Okay. and yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, that is kind <laughs> of part of the LeBron... Kevin of that every day, but some days... <laughs> so that, that's, that's part of the like, LeBron mystique is that LeBron is a... He's got a point guard mentality. He wants to make people better. He also gets people paid. And, and they win. Yeah. At a level that never won before, if right. he stays healthy, so we go back right. to staying healthy, though. And but like, sorry, just because yeah. when you were talking about the other stories that came out, you know, you wrote the story talking to Anthony Davis's dad about yeah. him not wanting to go to Boston. Why does he want to go to Boston? Because uh, the cutthroat business that Danny Ainge runs, where guys could be sent out the door, like mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas. Well, so like. Brian, you putting the cautionary warning stamp on if you come to the Lakers this offseason, you could be traded December 15th. Guess what? You go to any team that's competing that's for a true. championship. That's part of the that's protocol. True. But I think the difference is after the way the Anthony Davis thing went. Again, this may not be fair to LeBron, but the perception is that if you fall out of favor with him, you can be shipped out. But you could argue that's always been the case. Um, I, I, just, I, I just think that there's always been this grand bargain with yeah. LeBron. Yeah. That the upsides always outweigh the downsides. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, like if we had Matthew Delavadova here, we had Channing Fry here, right. we had Mario Chalmers, we had Shane Battier. I mean, we could go on and on. Kevin Love. It. Kevin Love. Some coaches. <coughs> Excuse me. You could talk about Mike Brown. I think Mike Brown didn't benefit from being LeBron, even if it was a headache. Mm-hmm. Um, Still getting paid on like three different contracts. I know. <laughs> um like you think the bargain. you can afford a $15 candle. <laughs> <laughs> I so – the Warriors are staying in the same hotel oh, I am. Oh, do it. Come on. I so badly wanted to text Mike and say, what's your room number? Yeah. Uh, but I just – I figured I'd be the 100th person to make the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So – but um, uh, I, the bargain works when LeBron can deliver. And this year the bargain was off. Yeah. But if the reason he couldn't deliver was not because of the trade request. It was because that's of my point. an injury. That's okay. my point. I agree and disagree. I think that that's true. He was hurt. He also did not embrace Los Angeles and embrace the younger teammates in ways that he has before. Everywhere else LeBron came, he had friends there or he had history. In Miami, he went there with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade, who were some of his best friends. In L.A., he showed up like, hey, King James is here. Hey, you know, and like didn't even have a press conference or a parade. In fact, like the one thing that he did at the Blaze Pizza with like the, hey, I might show up and then he didn't show up. I know that sounded like a, a small thing, but like when you look back on the season, that that was not a good move. Miller, like the- there was all these fans that like showed up at the Blaze Pizza in Culver City, like thinking LeBron was going to be there. And it was kind of mean when he didn't. And people wasted their afternoon showing up. Now, right. I'm not saying that that couldn't have been forgiven if they would have started winning or if he would have just acknowledged it or whatever. But you don't do that. You don't 
have uh, I mean he did show up in Vegas wearing the Lakers shorts those were cool but like I didn't hear stories of LeBron bonding with the younger guys which is understandable because he's 34 and they're 21 but there just wasn't that bridge and there wasn't a bond there so when you already feel like this guy just came th- these guys had all been the face the you know future face of the franchise Lonzo and, and, and none of them have benefited from LeBron none of them right. got to see the finals the good part right I mean Ramona yeah you remember you wrote the story after game one of the finals, LeBron's first year mm-hmm. in Cleveland, yep. back in Cleveland, Kevin Love was hurt, out for the year, yeah. shoulder injury. He's, the Cavs lose that game yeah. in overtime. They're devastated. Yeah. Kevin Love is sitting in his locker in Golden State, wide-eyed, yeah. going, this is the most amazing thing. Well, you, you told the story. Tell the yeah. story. You, it was it, Kevin Love, who, who really had had a disappointing year, mm-hmm. right? And had and, been... Shamed by LeBron yeah. on Twitter and undercut yeah. and passive aggressive and yeah. everything like that. All of the above. Had every reason to want to just get out of there. And now he's sitting there with his shoulder and can't even play. Said, I have never had the experience of being in the finals like this. I want to have this atmosphere every year and I'll do whatever I have to right. do. Right. So, so, yeah. so yeah. Lonzo and Brandon Ingram and yeah. Josh Hart and Kuz, Kuzma Kuz. didn't get that this no. year. No. no. They didn't get the other half of the bargain. All they got was a really crowded locker room, a lot right. more reporters. <laughs> A lot, a lot more scrutiny. A lot more scrutiny and not better stats, right? Like, and, and you know, we we did this once when we had a pot. Are you better off now than you were a year ago? And, I w- yeah, and not not having, like, not yeah. like Brandon Ingram's con- Brandon Ingram isn't getting a max contract because he was awesome Oof. with, like, you know, yeah. Love got a max contract. Well, uh, okay, let's just quick on the Ingram thing because I think mm-hmm. Ramoni said earlier that no one uh, really handled the trade stuff other than Kuzma well. Ingram played the best Eventually, basketball yeah. of his career. Yeah, after, yeah. after right after no, the trade, even deadline. like before the slightly trade, before, maybe like no, a week before. He right? scored his career yeah. high before the trade. Yeah, deadline, yeah, yeah. Thirty nine points. Yeah. Um, so I push back on that a little bit. I, I think though, your point about you know the type of players they brought in or whatever, yeah. make sure you have some sort of uh, connective tissue type of player on the roster. They they missed it. The only guys I'd submit to you that LeBron has uh, any sort of relationship with are, are Kuzma, Rondo, and KCP. Yeah. Outside of that, it, it's it's mostly strangers wearing the same uniform. And Rondo and KCP might not be back. Now, I would say though that Lonzo, there's something there. Yeah, like, no, there's, it's starting. There's a reverence, yeah. and and LeBron, I've seen it in small patches. LeBron where has been very he takes an interest in him. Yeah. Yeah. And and uh, you know what I've heard is ever since this happened with Lonzo and him firing Alan Foster and the, the you know the destruction or whatever is going to be left of BB, of the big baller brand, um, I have heard that LeBron has really reached out to Lonzo and they've gotten much closer throughout this. He's really kind of tried to help him through this. So the problem here is that. So say this was 2014 mm-hmm. and LeBron's 30. Okay, let's let's take a couple of years to get this to where we need to be. Just because he's about to turn 35 in December, there's time. no patience. Yeah, and so I, I think there could this could have worked. Yeah, you know if you continue to keep it, uh, hold on to the rope and see what happens. Yeah, they just can't do that. So now what? So now what do I do? I mean, I don't really want to talk about the Luke Walton thing. That's been, either they're going to fire him or they're not. Ramona, you think they're going to fire him? Yeah. Okay. I do. But I, you know, I, 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 I hate to say it in such a definitive term because it is, it is so, like the way this season has gone, like it wouldn't shock me if they zigged or zagged right. when we all think another thing, because there is such a reaction to the public narrative that is, you know, that has happened all season long that like nothing would really shock me, but I, I do, I do think that's where we end up. And I think that, um, uh, 
it reminded me of, like this is an LA reference, but it reminded me a little of the Dodgers a couple of years ago when Don Mattingly was here and they had new ownership taken over. And he didn't do anything wrong. They got to the playoffs and it just was clear he wasn't their guy. And eventually Don got tired of being in that position. So if Luke Walton is back next year, um, he needs to get a contract extension. He needs to know that things are going to be done differently because this idea of him coaching without real authority or the sense of um, what he's going to tell the players is actually what's happening. Um, that can't last, and that's not going to be effective. Andrew Hahn, can I get a reference rankings from you? Uh, NCAA basketball or Major League Baseball? Which is more allowed on this podcast? Neither. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I mean, it is LA. <laughs> Um, David, I went to a Dodger game last night. My first Dodger yeah, game. We did. Is that amazing? It was very enjoyable. It was fun. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So to me, any coach who comes in, any coach who comes in as a for an interview, he's got to be interviewing Magic and Rob Palinka more than they're getting interviewed themselves. Because mm-hmm. I got to say, what are you doing? What are you What are you going to do to fix this? And you know, we've talked about the free agents all year long. I just even if they land, let's let's just say for the sake of argument, they land Jimmy Butler. That'd be a great step forward for them. But that doesn't mean everything's fixed. Mm-mm. Do you really think that Jimmy and LeBron is going to work? Do you think that Jimmy is going to give LeBron that type of respect I and do. it's going to work? I think that would work. Or do you think that eventually Jimmy is going to get frustrated with everything and then it's just going to be a disaster? I think that Jimmy would, if there's one player in the league he would respect, it would be LeBron. But also... He's the the problem for Jimmy is that he's been in positions where he's not, he wants to be the best player on the team and yeah. he could be, but he's the the money has gone to the younger players and in Philly at least the younger players are better than him. Embiid and Simmons are better, and that's hard for a veteran, especially who wants to lead, to lead if you're not the best player and you're not being paid like the best player. Especially right. well, he in was frustrated in Minnesota yeah. that Towns and Wiggins got paid. He didn't think mm-hmm. yeah. He Which I get. He didn't respect Towns and Wiggins. Yeah, either. but he would Clearly. respect LeBron. Right. So I think the challenge is this. I think I think the Lakers <clears throat> are are plan B or C for all the top free agents. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. If and when you mean B, you're talking about the Jimmy Butlers, the Demarcus Cousins, the Kemba Middleton's, Walkers, Kemba the Middletons. Walker. Like if the Charlotte if Charlotte doesn't offer Kemba Walker the full max, then I think he looks at the Lakers. If Philly doesn't offer. Jimmy the full max, or at least a contract he's happy with. Then I think Golden State deal. and Clay. Doesn't this feel Golden like I, I really, guys? I don't think Clay even gives the Lakers a meeting. If they don't give him a full max, oh, if he doesn't get a full max, I think he goes someplace. So I don't even, th- oh. I don't even think Clay gives the Lakers a meeting. Okay. I, like I said, I don't think they're getting him. No. So like to me, this is this is what I'm asking. Like if I'm, I won't even say. Let's just I'm Coach X. I am invited for an interview by the Lakers. All right, you can talk about what your plans are for the free agents. Now what? If we miss, now what? Okay, so Brian. they got to have an answer to that question. Well, I think Coach X matters because is Coach X a an established championship-level coach who has won elsewhere, or is Coach X an assistant getting his first crack at it that has a good rapport with Magic and Rob? Because I don't think you can go that way, personally. If you go that way, it feels like you're lowering the expectations. Or mm-hmm. you're discovering the next big thing. I mean, I, you know, I, yeah, you, you might be, but, but that the coach X, if it's a lower level person. Okay. So let's, let's, uh, you know, if it's a, if it's somebody on, uh, okay, let's say Darvin Ham. Okay. Jawan Howard. Those are assistant coaches names mm-hmm. that you've heard. Um, if it's one of those guys, do they have the leverage then to go to Magic and Rob and start demanding things? Nope. Mm-hmm. 
if it's an established coach, somebody who's coached before, won before, do they have the leverage to do that? Maybe. I, I just think the difficulty here is you're going to be coaching a potentially fading star. It's one of the hardest things to mm-hmm. do in sports. And he's, a, he's not only that, he is difficult to gain respect for. Oh, and he's also in a city that he doesn't have a lot of equity in. <laughs> it was hard enough doing that I with mean, Kobe. He, has, he might have Negovekery right now. It was hard enough for Byron Scott to manage Kobe. I mean, Byron Scott's job was to basically coach the last two years of Kobe's career because you know him and you can handle this. But that was going to be a thankless, difficult job for anyone other than somebody who had history with him, which is why I just I keep coming back to the idea that it, Ty Lue seems like the right person because he has the experience. They've been through wars together. They have a level of trust. He knows LeBron. He would know the best of how to manage him. He holds LeBron accountable. Yeah, he holds him accountable. But he can't create the roster like he like ty can't create a system and a roster that is going to be successful unless he has the ammunition to do it well he can recreate it i mean we haven't mentioned kyrie irving's name no and i think that's <clears throat> a good name to bring up he wouldn't be a b-level guy be an i can't guy. imagine I, I in any world I listen i can't imagine in any world where lebron and kyrie go play together after the way they broke up right but i also never thought i would see shaq and kobe in the same room, hugging each other and pretending it was all marketing. Kyrie is <laughs> one is absolutely the ideal player to play with LeBron. He, I mean, which is why they were so good together. Mm-hmm. I mean, a guy who can create to take pressure off LeBron when LeBron wants it. Mm-hmm. A guy who can shoot, who can create his own shot, but also be a set shooter. It's probably the most perfectly matched teammate LeBron's ever had, maybe with the exception of Chris Bosh. Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade. No, Dwayne Wade worked with LeBron. Dwayne had to really sacrifice his game. Uh, Dwayne can't shoot, so you know it's not. He can shoot, but not like that. They work together because they're awesome. Yeah, and they learn to like cut off the ball and stuff. But as far as like a talent set, talent set. Okay, Kyrie is maybe Chris Bosh again because Bosh, pick and roll partner, stretch Mm -hmm. the floor, great defender. But Kyrie, what Kyrie actually wants doesn't match with what LeBron wants. Kyrie. Would have to really suppress his feelings and his okay. desires, and but, I don't think. I think let's set it up. You can again? see it. <laughs> let's say the Celtics lose in the second round. Possible. He gets the blame for it. He wants nothing to do with Boston going forward. Where can you go? You have a choice. Do you want to go to the Lakers? Do you want to go to the Clippers? Do you want to go to the Knicks with Kevin Durant Brooklyn? or Brooklyn? Brooklyn already has two point guards. It's a so lot of options that are it's a lot of options. Than having to go but back what story? Stand. What story do you like best? What story takes away? Well, I know the all story the we'd like to tell. Oh, bring it! But <laughs> I'm all for the big circus. But I mean, perhaps LeBron's <laughs> warts look better. I mean, based on what he said mm. now, two years later, LeBron's Woods look a lot better I than he thought. I have no doubt that if they played together again, it would benefit both of them greatly. I just. It's funny. I I'm, doing a, um, doing I'm doing this uh, podcast on the Donald Sterling story. Donald and Shelly, and they just keep getting back together. <laughs> 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 they just keep getting back together. Which after is everything. absolutely amazing. <laughs> but I mean, they have been together for forty years, right? Fifty years, sixty, sixty-five, maybe. But I mean, like things, these things happen, and like you know, you have sometimes it's better to you might have a bad marriage, but at least you know the person. What Billy Martin and the Yankees, right? Another baseball yeah. reference. What's the What's the line? It's like, I, why would I get myself a new husband? I just have to train a new one. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, 
I just I can't see. I think if anything, Kyrie's gotten more headstrong and emboldened. I think I think he may have admitted that he didn't handle it well, but I do not think he's gotten contrite. I just I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, let's let's ask for pure speculation, gut feel, what have you. One year from today, last week of the regular season, two thousand twenty. Who is LeBron's sidekick? Who is LeBron's guy playing with the Lakers as they hopefully go into the playoffs? I'll start. Uh, I think the s- second best player on the team will be Brandon Ingram. I just let's specify this is pure speculation. I yeah, pure speculation. Right. So I was buying myself <laughs> some time by saying a player is already on the Lakers. Uh, I do believe Jimmy Butler. Uh, there, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, from the Lakers' perspective, where um, they they get a player can actually help, they can hold on to the rest of their young core, and beyond that, Philly, I truly believe that the Tobias thing was edging against the inevitability of them not wanting to pay Jimmy the max anyway. So uh, I see it like they pay a premium to Jimmy, perhaps over the market to get him. That keeps him happy to some extent because he's getting paid the way he wants to be. He's in Los Angeles, and uh, you have a young core that gets to grow through a year uh, and, and hopefully possibly could, possibly some trades could be made to retrofit around. That, that could also happen as well. But uh, you know, and I look at them as like you know vying for a top four seed and uh, see what happens in the playoffs. Uh, I agree. I, I think Jimmy Butler. I, I'd like to see the Lakers if they're going to do it. Somehow give him a ton of money on a on a two or three year deal. That's it's not getting done, I right? Think, but that's but, what they'd like to do. Yes, um, and then I think they go and get somebody else. Like it could be Demarcus Cousins or somebody like that. Where again, you need I to think, be educated about their cap space. But yeah, okay. um, I am going to go for door number three. I'm going to say that they don't get anyone in free agency. Nobody. I'm going to say they get no one, and they are forced to make a big trade, and I will just recklessly speculate that they will target Mike Conley, um, who they'll have to move, but would fit. And yeah, that's a, that's a re- That could happen. That's a very that's all reckless speculation. Dame Lillard. Dame <laughs> yeah. Lillard. But Dame I don't think Portland extend this summer. He Dame. I, I, that's. I mean, that's a name that's been out there, but I just I can't see Portland ever letting that happen. How about Beal? Uh, without knowing who their general manager, who's going to replace Ernie, um, I don't think the, I don't think they have the ammunition to make the trade. Unless, but I, like Conley's going to go into the last year of his contract now, right? He's got one more year. Memphis is still part of a rebuild. He's a guy who could might who could move. When the Lakers jump to number two in the draft, <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Why not number uh, one? Rant. Um, How about actually, Knicks Lakers one two? Now, like, get all the conspiracy theorists out well, there. Well, the two worst teams in the league last six years. They would deserve it. Um, I am going to go with what Dave said. I believe the second best player in the Lakers next year will be Brandon Ingram. I don't think they're going to be able to trade him because of the blood clot issue. They're, he's going to have to prove he can stay healthy for a year. Although, let's say this about Brandon. I don't think the blood clot issue is a serious issue, even though that is a serious condition. Everything I've heard on the Lakers side is that it's not something that they are worried about or he's worried about. I believe that as well, but yeah. I think the fear of the unknown yeah, would yeah. cause him to be Especially a tough one Especially after what happened trade. with Bosch. I, I, I think I think other I think the Lakers feel that way maybe, but I don't know if other teams feel that way, and therefore I don't think they could get good value for him. And I also think that Brandon won't extend his contract this summer because they'll be concerned about it and mm-hmm. they'll have to be allied. And I think he'll have maximum uh, maximum motivation to play well into next season. Um, 
I do not think the Lakers will land a major free agent. I think uh, they will have to stop gap, and I think they will go after guys who fit more with LeBron. Like, a name I'm going to keep saying mm-hmm. is Seth Curry. Mm. I see Seth Curry playing alongside <laughs> LeBron. You know, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. The Lakers are going to have cap space. I can just see LeBron whipping the ball to Seth Curry and him shooting 43% from three-point range and him averaging 14 points a game and being a great player. Um, he, I'm sorry, did you say Seth Curry or Steph? No. Okay. Uh, I think, Steph, I think, Steph did say today that he sees LeBron and the Lakers resetting and regrouping. Was Seth also born in Akron? Or I don't believe so. Okay. No, I think they had already moved by Does Akron. Seth also need contacts? Uh, maybe. Because, <laughs> wow, that would be something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Seth, Seth needs a wedding planning. Um, okay. Uh, I've got to go be on television. I'd like to go longer. Thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective. Thanks, guys, for coming in. And I will see you at um, this very exciting Lakers-Warriors game tonight. Mm-hmm.